Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's invite um, the Lord. He's already here, so this might be more for us than for Him to align our hearts, but Lord, we just want to say we welcome you to this gathering. We welcome your presence. You're the living God. Thank you for being here, Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you for saying you wouldn't leave us as orphans, but you'd send your spirit to be with us, to live in us and be with us, to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, to give gifts cause fruit to develop in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, our, our three-in-one God. Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us like children. Thank you that you're a good, good Father, and you say you're pleased with your children. We live in your love, and it means so much to us. Thank you, Lord. Oh, isn't he good? He's so good. Well, I, I'm planning on following up on what we've been talking about for the last three weeks, which I know some of you are brand new here and so you don't know what we've been talking about. I'll try to put the pieces together. But today I, I'm planning on doing some really practical training in how to facilitate people having encounters with God when we talk with them, when we're going to do some prayer and... That's coming up, but I, I just have a, I need to check on something. I may be completely wrong, but is it possible that there's someone in the room right now that has some discomfort kind of in the center of your back, kind of right in the center? Is that two people? I thought I was going to have one. Is it right in the center? From your shoulder back? And, and Michelle, what, where is it with you? Okay. Uh, you too? Yours is lower. Sh- show me where. A little lower, okay. Okay, so I, you guys, I, I, I'm not a prophet by any means, but, but I think we can all hear the Lord speak, right? But it's like a gentle whisper, and I'm never sure. But I had this impression that there was someone... Not three, <laughs> but I didn't know, with um, some discomfort there. And I had this further impression that the discomfort is not from your muscles in your back, but probably more from your lungs. Does that ring true for any of you? Feels like your lung? Um, would you, Michelle, would you mind letting me pray over you in front of everybody? Would that be too uncomfortable? You do okay, because because this is, we're we're trying to learn how to pray for each other, and one of the best ways to do that is to actually um, show and tell. So if it, if it won't be too uncomfortable, would you mind coming up here? I'm, we'll just see what happens. I make no promises, right? But I do know that that God tends to like. Oh, can you come up here? Oh, I know it's so awful. You'll get over it soon. 
I know this is not how they usually do church in America, right? There's a song, announcements, a guy gives a nice message, and then you eat donuts. But thank you. This is my friend Michelle. We've known each other for a while. Can, can I put my hand on your back? We'll just face them right here. This is good. This is good right here. No, just face them because we're going to talk, okay? I'm just going to put my hand on you. Oh, I'm talking. Okay, so I have a mic so they can hear this conversation. Don't worry about it. I'm holding it here, and it's very sensitive. So what, tell, tell me about what's going on with your back. Well, I've had this injury for, you've prayed for it, years and years and years and years. Okay. Um, from a car accident, and it's just kind of an unexplained injury that we can't find, but it's a constant. I just took Excedrin sitting back there because it, it's the spine, but it goes up um, behind my shoulder blade up into my neck. So if I sleep the wrong way, I'm done for like a week. Mm. And I slept the wrong way. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So. Mm. And I've had lots of prayer for it. Yeah. It comes back. That's a bummer. I hate mm. that. Just slowing down here, because we're in no hurry. Lord, let your spirit rest on Michelle right now, we pray. Holy Spirit, I have nothing to give her, but I know you do, and I'm asking. I'm asking that you come by your spirit and rest on her. We're asking for the blessing of heaven. Jesus, you taught us to pray that your kingdom would come. So I'm asking, let the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, come on Michelle's body right now. I minister to her. What's happening right now? Heat. You feel heat? Where do you feel heat? Right where your hand is. Does it feel like the kind of heat that comes from another person's hand, or does it feel like something a little bit different than that? I don't know. Can't tell? Okay. Because yeah. there's body heat. My hand is about 98.6 degrees. <laughs> but sometimes when, when we pray for people, you know, well, first of all, you know there's always the instruction from the Bible from Jesus to lay hands on hurting people. And Jesus said in, in several occasions, we have it in our Bibles, these, something like this, for example, the end of, Ch of Mark's gospel, these signs will follow those who believe in me. They'll lay hands on sick people and they'll recover. So you think the, the cause of this was from an accident, right? Mm -hmm. How long ago was that? Six years ago. What was the accident like? Was it a car accident? Yeah, car accident. When I just asked you that, did, it, did that just trigger some emotional pain? It triggers, um, the reason I'm shaking and nervous up here is it triggers the unbelief I have because I've prayed for miracles, I've prayed for healing for myself, for other people. I don't typically get them, uh -huh. so I do deal with a lot of unbelief, and it's kind of embarrassing to be up here saying that. But uh, Anyone else ever have a problem with unbelief, or is it just Michelle and me? Oh, I guess we're all in this together. Does that help? It does help. Okay. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there was an accident, yeah. and you've asked for prayer, mm-hmm. and you've asked for healing, mm-hmm. and it's emotionally charged mm-hmm. because you've asked so much, and you've never... Have you had, like, moments of sort of relief, and then it comes back? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. But it just brings up that deeper unbelief that lives in me for bigger things. You know, okay. People who have died, people who haven't been healed, things like that. Okay. So my biggest struggle, I think, with the faith. Yeah. Well, let's, let's pray some more. Lord, show us how to pray. Right now, we want to ask you to to bring courage and encouragement to that painful place in Michelle's heart. Lord, we pray against the work of Satan and his minions and lies that have come to haunt and torment her, accusations Hmm. accusing spirits we tell you stop bothering her, leave her alone go away and never come back by the authority of the spirit of Jesus Christ in me and all of us here we command any dark spirit that is haunting her to be gone right now. Leave in Jesus' name. What's happening now? Peace. Peace. Yeah. Did did any like um, thoughts come to your mind that weren't that weren't there a moment ago? Not really. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just just an experience of peace. Yeah. Well, Lord, we bless what you're doing with peace. We know Jesus, you're the Prince of Peace, and we ask that peace would come upon her entire person. Her mind, her heart and emotions and imaginations. And we pray for peace on this whole area of her back, from her shoulder down to here. Did it ever hurt about yeah. there? Because that's, that's that's what that's I was where, seeing. That's where the original oh. thing is. Okay, because that's what I was seeing in my mind's eye. Um, Lord, we pray that you touch this area right here and what's emanating from it. Free her from this malady. Free her. Set her free. Cause the root of this pain to go. Pray for the, the work of Satan and his minions to be done and gone. Permanently removed, and we pray for the damage to her, her body, her discs in this region, the muscles that so often get tense. Let them come to peace right now.
Lord, bring healing to her. Bring wholeness to her. Bless our sister. We love her. You love her. We want her to leave today encouraged with some more hope and some freedom from pain. Pain, go right now. Headaches that come, you go too. Let peace come all over her shoulder and her neck right here, especially right here. Is it possible that um, your, your rib cage was was messed up in a way that it touched or injured a lung? Yeah, it's possible. Like when you do a scan or they've done scans. The lungs look okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. I have scars on the lungs, but nothing. Oh. Yeah. Do, the, do you know what the scars are from on your lungs? Okay. So, Lord, we pray healing on the scarred lungs. Let the, let the scars and the scar tissue be gone right now. Cause these lungs to be like new. Cause there to be no discomfort when she breathes in deeply. Discomfort be gone because of the healing presence of God upon her. Anything happening? Very, very hot. Real, like a lot of heat. What a, I, the heat's nice, but what about the pain? <laughs> I feel okay. Um, is, my is, headache's gone. Was there a headache and it's gone? Yeah. Well, that's cool. I took some Excedrin. <laughs> oh, Excedrin, maybe. <laughs> Excedrin's good. But it is gone. It is gone. Was, was it there when you came? Was there a headache when you came yeah. up here? Yeah. It's that lingering kind of headache. I'm, I'm going to try to go for giving credit to God on that one, although I like Excedrin. But it could have been Excedrin. What about, what about the... The discomfort in the lung. Was there something that you could feel before? Not right this minute, no. Can, but what, it is a chronic thing. Does it happen when you take a deep breath? Mm. Can you take a deep breath and see if it's changed? Yeah, I did while you were doing that, and I can. Um, but that kind of comes and goes. That comes and goes. Like last so, night it was a big problem. Today it's not. So you might take a deep breath and have no discomfort. Right. But he reminded me that the, the, what I've been taught with physical therapy and everything, it is the deep breathing that I'm not doing right now. So... Okay, so right now, this to remind me to right, right now you're deep breathing and it's not hurting. Right, right. I, 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 I like that. That yeah. sounds good, yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, but it's not, we can't say, ah, oh, there was a miracle today. We can't say that. But we can say that right now someone we're praying for feels better, mm -hmm. possibly encouraged or maybe some love. Absolutely, love and encouragement. And um, that's a lot. That's everything. Yeah. I, I just calling me out. I just want to hit one more thing or re-hit something. Um, no, no, that's okay. I want you to be relaxed and, and just receiving. Lord, my request of you is that the trauma of the accident that's lodged in her, uh, the deepest parts of her memory, and, and causes her almost to, um, well, she's triggered emotionally when she even thinks of the accident, and it, a lot comes up from it. I'm praying right now that you rework her, uh, I guess her brain, and the parts of her brain that trigger a response when she even thinks about that accident. I'm praying that you stop the evil one from taking advantage of that weakness. And you, you break that power right now 
so that she can think of that accident and remember that it happened but not have the emotional pain. Remove the power of the emotional pain and its association with the pain in her back and her shoulder. Set her free this day. Set her free this day so it never comes back. She's been asking a long time, Lord. We'll patiently keep praying, but we'd really like it if you would just make it go away for good right now. Bless our sister. Let the kingdom of God destroy the kingdom of darkness as it comes to near her life. Be victorious for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Anything else happen just now? And if the, a good answer could be like, no, nothing happened. I'm just kind of no, checking. Things happen, but... Um, and if you can't talk about them because they're personal, that's cool too. No, I'm, it's fine. Um, the accident just kind of symbolizes a lot in my story, and I think that's where the focus goes, but he was reminding me to look at what the real issue is. It's not the accident. Okay. He was reminding you, like literally right now, God was reminding you something. So God kind of spoke to you. He did. I like that. Yeah. And he always does. Oh. Thank you for risking coming up here and being vulnerable in front of a crowd of people and a camera. I appreciate that. No problem. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> oh, Michelle, as you go... Um, I think, so the, some kind of version of this all was played out in my mind this week, that something like this was going to happen, specifically around a back thing, specifically that had some other part of it connected to it. And I thought that there might be more than one person that had a back issue, and the person I prayed for was then supposed to lay hands on the other person, and they would be blessed. So follow the breadcrumbs, if you don't mind, and put your hand on Jeff when you get back. <laughs> See if he gets more than you got. <laughs> How you guys doing? So our, our series is called Equipping the Saints, and we're using this verse from Ephesians 4 that says, and he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, Oh, I'm not reading you the version I put on the notes. Let me read it that version. I was reading the King, the King James Version, I think. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Um, it's my job to equip you who believe in Jesus to do works of ministry. And when we began talking about this three weeks ago, we asked, what are the works of ministry that I'm equipping you for? What does it mean to be a Christian? And we started by reading Matthew's Manual of Discipleship, the book of Matthew. We read um, chapters 8 through 10, a lot of the details, focusing on these two words, authority and power. In Matthew 8 through 10, Matthew records 10 instances back to back of Jesus taking his disciples with him, modeling for him, modeling for them works of power under the authority of the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God. And he did things like um, heal someone who was paralyzed. He healed a leper. He a lot of healing. On some of the occasions, there was a spiritual force involved. So he cast out some spirits and sent them away. 
all the time doing good, blessing people. And then he sent those 12 out to do the same thing, and then he sent 72 others, and then he sent everybody. So we talked about authority and power. Let me, let me back up and give you an over, overview first. I messed up the plan I had for you, so I want to fix this. So here's, here's our general thesis. All people who follow Jesus are called and can minister the power of the kingdom. All of you. And the big concept is God has poured out his spirit on all people, not on some superstars that are professional that might get behind a camera and have a television show. <laughs> you know? um, all believers. Peter quoted the, the prophet Joel on the day of Pentecost and said this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your monk, young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Did you catch that? Old, young, sons, daughters, male, female. If you read more, it includes servants and the not servants. Basically, all people. I will pour out my spirit on all people. They'll see visions. They'll dream dreams. And the experience Peter was describing was an infilling of God, the Holy Spirit, to empower people, in my understanding, to do works of ministry, the kinds of things that we just did, for example. Secondly, so it's for all people. Secondly, God doesn't want an audience. He's called you to be equipped to be an army, an army of healers, I would say, people that go around doing good and blessing people that are hurting. Um, Peter writes this to the church in general, including us, you, you, but you, be you, every one of you is in the you all here, you, are a chosen people. God chose you. You're here because God chose you. You, think, you may think you chose God. He chose you first. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. That means you represent people to God and you represent God to people. You're the, you do in between. A, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That means you're set apart for God's work. Belonging to God that you may declare, and I would say declare both with your mouth and your actions, the praises of him who called you out of darkness and do his wonderful light. You're called to be an army of blessing. Thirdly, we are to do what Jesus did. Jesus said these words in John 14, 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And your brain is trying to argue with you probably right now and say, no, that can't be true. He's Jesus. But his words if you just take them on their meaning, in their plain meaning, are, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Um, you can get a lawyer and help you try to say it means something else, but I don't think it means something else. He will do even greater things than these. Oh my, that's really hard. That's what Jesus said, because I'm going to the Father. So, our, our belief is that every believer can learn to hear the voice of God. Every believer can then, from hearing the voice of God, minister with the power of God. And people can cultivate their ability to hear, the, hear God's voice. 
cultivate. You, you know how you can grow in whatever skill you have naturally? I think that's true of the working of ministering. You can learn to play the guitar better than you play it now. You can learn to sing better. You can learn to do anything better, including hearing God's voice. You can learn to hear God's voice better through experience, through instruction, through training, through practice. The more you do it, the more it comes natural. So now back to where I, what I was saying. If you don't know practically, I give these guys here a list of scriptures that I'm planning to mention, and they kind of show up on the screen and be beneath my face on Facebook Live. So that's why I went back to, to do it the way I told it, them I was going to do it. So Jesus goes through all these towns and villages demonstrating authority and power. There's a summary verse that we read, but I want to read it again to you. Jesus went, Matthew 9.35, through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, Watch this. Number one, preaching the good news of the kingdom. Number two, healing every disease and sickness. And then third, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And I just want to highlight something for you in your life. Go, see, feel. Jesus went to all the towns. Then he saw the crowds. Then he had compassion. Compassion, by the way, I've been told, is love with its work clothes on. Compassion implies you do something, not just feel. So we often think, I need to feel the inspiration. Then I will see the problem. Then I'll go. But Jesus went, had compassion after he saw. So he did something. He went, he saw, he felt. This is a really simple practical instruction for you. Go around people. See and watch compassion happen. Compassion is love with its work clothes on. So he did all that, and then he called 12 and gave them authority and power to do the same thing. Here's Luke chapter 9 describing that when Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to, here's the same thing again, drive out demons, heal diseases, and send them out to preach the kingdom of God is near, and to heal the sick. Next, we read that he sent out 72 others. You see it just growing and growing, and he gives them the same instruction. He gives them authority and power and says, preach the kingdom is here. Kingdom is near you. God's rule and reign has come near you to bless you. And then also, heal the sick. And if you're like me, you know that you have no healing in your right hand or your left hand or anywhere near you. But you might have God with you, and he might have some healing. So you actually have something you can do. Uh, and then by the end of Matthew, we saw that he'd done, Jesus modeled it. He did, sent the 12 out. Then he sent another 72 out. We're up to 84. Well, at the end, he just says, it's for everybody. The last verses of Matthew say, Jesus tells the disciples, now you're going to go and you're going to make disciples and have them do everything I taught you, including making disciples to tell people to do everything I taught you. So it's self-perpetuating until it comes to 2022 in February on the sixth day of the month. Here we are in Oceanside, and it comes to us, authority and power is given to us, go and make disciples and tell them to do what we've been doing, tell people the kingdom of God has come near you and heal them of their sickness and help them. You are now assigned. So that's, that's how it goes. 
The second week, we talked about a worldview that says when we do the works of the kingdom, it is kingdoms in conflict. It's the kingdom, the rule and reign of God coming against the works of Satan. We showed multiple times how Jesus seemed to view his work as coming against the works of Satan, Satan, setting people free, um, delivering them from their oppression. You heard that in my prayer over Michelle. I was concerned that this thing that's been on her has been like a weapon of Satan to oppress her for years now, emotionally and physically and spiritually. Did you see that? So I was coming in war against the kingdom of darkness. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a response from the kingdom of darkness. Conflict. You remember, you that were with me four years ago on April 15th, I stood here and I gave you a vision for ministry that covered all of San Diego. Four days later, I was in the hospital supposed to die. Some people thought there was a connection between the two. I don't know. But some people thought that, and those of you around will remember that. I, I didn't die, by the way, apparently. I was, I was only mostly dead. <laughs> so the, a, verse, a key verse about that topic, kingdoms and conflict, is uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, where John says, the reason the Son of Man, Jesus is titled Son of Man, the reason the Son of Man came was to destroy the works of the evil one. And I, I had this kind of paragraph, this long sentence to explain that. So look at this, and I think it might even show up on the screen here. Ministering the kingdom of God must be understood in terms of this worldview that understands salvation, healing, deliverance, all of those as the expression of God's reign, the reign of God in conflict with the reign of the usurper, Satan. Jesus has bound the strong man. Satan's power is now with boundaries. Those boundaries are enforced by people like you and me with authority and power doing the works of Jesus. We've been given authority over his works. Every salvation, every healing, every deliverance is an assault against his kingdom and the advancement of the reign of God. Does that, you follow all that? So this is a worldview, a way of looking at life that will help you. Remember, what am I doing? I'm trying to equip all of us to do the works of Jesus. So I'm going to right now just just walk you through steps that I do when I'm praying for people as a model for you. This is, it's very simple, but a lot of people that are Christians don't do any of this. Much of American Christians either are disobedient or just unaware that God has called us to do what we just read in the Bible. Very few people that are followers of Jesus in America are doing the works of Jesus. That might be why the church is so anemic right now. The church is, unfortunately, kind of anemic. But, but there's power and authority available for us to do the works of the kingdom of God, including the preaching of the message of salvation. Jesus died for our sins. He died on a cross. He took his sins upon us. If we trust in him, he'll forgive us our sins. He'll come to live within us. When we die, we'll go to heaven. But too many people hear this. Believe in Jesus so you can go to heaven and get ready because you're going to get raptured anytime now. And um, you don't want to miss that. So that's it. And then after five years, you go, I didn't get raptured yet. Is there something else to do? Believe. Your sins are forgiven. You're going to go to heaven. And maybe get some, else, some people on the boat with you. Okay. And you're waiting. 
There is work to be done now. We are called to, listen to this phrase from Jesus, occupy until I come, like you're an occupational force. Okay, so here's, here's some practical steps that I do, and I, I want you to note this well. I am not teaching you how to effectively do prayer. There are other teachings about that where we get in prayer meetings and we call on God to answer requests. What I'm teaching you is how to bring about an encounter between God and a person. Did you notice that's what I was doing with her? I was trying to facilitate God the Holy Spirit and Michelle coming together so she could have a life-giving encounter. It was different than praying effective prayers, which is good. Intercessory, effective, requesting God to do things is something I do all the time. I would advise it. But there's something else about coming into a situation with a human being and trying to make a connection with God. So there's kind of five things that are rolling around in my mind. And the first one is just to answer the question, what needs healing? Where does it hurt? And I did that partially by a, a spiritual gift called the word of knowledge, knowing that, thinking I thought that there was someone with a pain in their back. But then I asked, and then I asked some questions. Where did this come from? Where is the pain? What do you think caused it? So I'm asking, what's the problem? And the second thing I'm doing is try, trying to diagnose what is the full situation. I'm doing that while listening to the Lord and while listening to the person and while watching the person. And I noticed something that I wouldn't have noticed if I was praying, Lord, we pray that you heal Michelle right now with my eyes closed. I watched her and I asked her a question about when it happened, and I saw her visibly start. Did you see that? So, I, oh, there's an emotional component here. I would not have seen that if my eyes were closed, and I was just making requests to God, because I'm facilitating a prayer encounter. And you can see how this is all kind of interactive. I'm listening to God, I'm talking to the person, I'm watching the person, I'm trying to diagnose the problem, because I'm going to bring a prayer. The third thing, so I'm, what's the problem? Second, what's the cause of it? What's the full situation? Is it just physical? Is it spiritual? Is it emotional? The third part is I'm figuring out how I'm going to pray. There's lots of styles of prayers in the Bible. Sometimes Jesus might pray a really long prayer like this. I open. Two-word prayer. <laughs> Sometimes he might rebuke a spirit. Sometimes he might bring peace. So I'm thinking, Lord, how do you want to pray? How do you want me to pray? Choosing a prayer. I'm choosing a prayer. One, I ask him what's the problem. Two, trying to diagnose what's the full situation. Three, select a prayer. Four, now I'm going to break into prayer. I did something kind of out of order, because this is not a step, step, step. So this is just stations to all incorporate. So the first thing I did when she walked up was I put my hand on her. Now, folks... Do any of you believe in Jesus? A lot of you, okay. Um, do any of you that believe in Jesus have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? You're kidding. The Spirit of the living God is in you. Oh, that's powerful. Did any of you know that Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? I believe those words, so I act on them. 
So I asked people, I said, Michelle, could I put my hand right where it was? Before I ever prayed, I have a feeling she was experiencing some of the touch of God through the Holy Spirit in me through my hand. Now, I don't know why God chose to do that, but he says, lay hands on the sick. I had my hand on you earlier. Did you experience something? I one time was in a home group, and there was a woman there whose body was so swollen from like fibromyalgia or something, just, you know, the inflammation. I put my hand on just back here, just while we're talking. The swelling went down, and her, ring, her wedding ring fell to the floor because her hand stopped swelling. Pray again for you. And it was be, I think it was before I ever prayed. So hands on. And then the second thing I always pray is, Lord, would you bring your Holy Spirit to minister to this person? Let the Spirit of God come. I'm not even addressing a condition yet. And I, listen, I'm training you. If you'll do this and you do it regularly, I'm pretty sure you're going to see some good results of blessing and encouraging people. Lord, let your Spirit come and begin to minister to this person. And I'm waiting and watching because I might hear more from the Lord about how to pray right now. So I'm still diagnosing. I'm still doing prayer selection while I'm praying, come Holy Spirit. I also pray the prayer of Jesus. How should we pray, Lord? The, came, the disciples came to Jesus, Matthew chapter 6. Uh, John's disciples taught him how to pray. Will you teach us how to pray? And he said, yeah, here's how you should pray. Start by saying, our Father in heaven, let your name be hallowed. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. That prayer I always use, Lord, let your kingdom, the rule and reign of God, come right now, that your will be done, and I wait. That might be all I ever need to pray, because I am not doing this whole prayer thing with filling the, 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 the air with my words. I'm trying to affect an encounter between God and a person, right? So I waited, and did you notice the first thing I did was I, after waiting, said, what's happening, Michelle? I want to know if God's speaking to the person. The, uh, the other Sunday night, I was with a, with a guy on Sunday, at the Sunday night service. The way it worked was we started worship, and my attention was drawn to him. Have you ever had your attention drawn to someone? Uh, it it might have been because he's so handsome, but it might not have been. And it wasn't. My attention was distractingly drawn to a guy there, and I thought, oh, I bet I'm supposed to pray for him. I have no anything else. And, after, and I never got a chance until after the whole meeting was over. I went and prayed for him. I did what I just did. I asked a little bit about, you know, what are, what's your condition? What's going on? But I said, well, let's just invite the Lord. So we invited the Lord. And I waited. And I, then I asked. He, he had some emotional pain that had stuff to do with some family issues from his childhood. And he's an adult. Um, I didn't have counsel for him. I thought maybe God would touch him. So I invited the Holy Spirit, and I asked him, have any thoughts just come to your mind that weren't there before? Because I think God can speak to people. And indeed, God spoke to him. God spoke to him one issue about one of his parents, and he said these words, it's not your fault. And it was powerful. to. This is weeks ago, and I talked to the guy this morning. He said his life was changed that night. And I didn't do anything other than say, can I pray for you? I think God wants, the kingdom of God has come near you. I think God wants to touch you. Laid my hand on him, invited the Holy Spirit, waited, and asked him, is God showing you anything? 
I said, oh, well, that's good. And then we prayed about the thing that came to his mind. Here's a key point in effective prayer. I can do nothing on my own. You can do nothing on your own. Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own. I can only do what I see the Father doing. So I've invited the Holy Spirit. He's sometimes called the Spirit of the Father. I don't know if you know that. He's called the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of truth, God three in one. So God the Father, through the Spirit, speaks a word to this guy, and I'm not completely stupid now, and I think that's what we should pray for. So I blessed that and asked God to continue working on that. And more came out, and more healing came, and restoration came to a man's life. It's very interactive. And then the, the final thing is, um, well, let me run through it again. I want to find out what the problem is. Some people call that the interview. Hi, I'm Ron. What's your name? Oh, what, what can I pray for you for? What's going on? What's the need? The diagnosis. Well, what do you think caused it? Listening to God, what do you think caused it? What's the real root issue? Is it just physical? Is it just the accident? Is it some emotions that's connected with the accident? Some fears? Is is Satan taking advantage of this because I'm kingdoms in conflict? Diagnosed. Third, well, how should I pray right now? What's the prayer going to be? And with Michelle, I had a sense to um, pray specifically against any spiritual forces that are taking advantage of the trauma of this experience to taunt her. Did you catch that? So that's not a prayer that I pray every time I pray for someone. There's, I don't think there's always spiritual forces, but I thought there might be here. So I prayed against that. I've been told by Jesus' words, you have been given authority and power over all the works of the enemy. That's very helpful. I can tell any evil spirit, go, because I've been given authority and power in Jesus' name over all the works of the enemy, and I'm just going to choose to believe what Jesus said. So I told it to go, and there may, have been, there may have been some freedom there. I'm not positive. I really don't know, but I think, maybe, and we'll, we're friends, so we'll talk next. We may email each other tomorrow, say, how is it going? This is not like magic and I'm the, the evangelist. I'm, you know, <laughs> we're just people of the Spirit of God loving and blessing people for every single one of you. Listen, I'm serious as a heart attack right now. I want every single person in our church to be equipped to pray for hurting people. This is not my show. Every single person in your family, on your street, in Walmart, wherever you go, be thinking, I am part of God's army of healers. Satan is trying to rip people off. I've been set to set them free. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I've got authority and power. He might want to do something good. My job is this. Tell people the kingdom of God is near them and heal them. Drive out their demons. Encourage them. Set them free. Freely received. Freely give. The last thing is, so, repetition is a teacher's best friend, right? Interview, what's going on? Diagnose, what's the real situation? Select a prayer. Pray the prayer. See if there's any follow-up. What should you do next? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe um, stop sinning, if that's the condition. 
maybe, um, you know, there's a, there's a passage in the Bible that I think would help you and give some direction there. Maybe, you know, I think we should pray some more. Maybe I know a counselor that really specializes in that area. I, could I suggest that person would talk with you? Post prayer follow-up. That is my understanding of how you and I can effectively bring prayer encounters to people. Want to try it? There's two people that want to try it. You want to try it? Yeah. Susan wants to try it. You're going to do it on the streets when you're doing worship on the sidewalk. Lord, let your kingdom come upon us. We open ourselves to you right now. Holy Spirit, come and fill us, please. Let your kingdom be upon us to make us an army of healers. People watching online, people present in the room. Give us courage. Send us out. If you're in the room and you have need, and you have the courage to do it, if you wouldn't mind coming to one of the sides so it's kind of obvious that you've identified yourself, do that, and then I'm going to ask everyone else that wants to do what you just said you want to do to come and practice prayer. Practice prayer. Practice until you get better at it. And if you're having no success, some of our um, forerunners have told us, well, after you've prayed for a 1,000 people, tell us how it went. You've prayed for one and had no results. Try two, three, four, five. Do it constantly. You'll see some results. Michael, you coming down to give some prayer? Here's a, he wants to give some prayer. So, Michael started doing this at Walmart. God started speaking. He got ruined for any kind of normal life after that, and he's out constantly in the streets blessing people healing people, feeding the hungry. That's what could happen to you once you get hooked. So watch out. Your life may never change. Let's stand up together. You're a good class. This was like instruction today, huh? Practical training. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you rest. The Lord bless his people with the presence of his kingdom, the infilling of his spirit, and the boldness to go out everywhere blessing people in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.